Good evening, Patriots, and blessings on this Good Friday. We've had a nice day. I hope everybody had a nice day. It's a great day to just reflect and spend some time in Scripture, hopefully. Maybe put your hands in the earth in the garden, which would be great. Sow some seeds. We've got cold weather that's settled in here in southern Oregon. Surprisingly, for this time of year, we've had a week of weather that's been around 48 degrees all week, which is unusual for us. Uh, But I'm actually not surprised since these are some of the byproducts of geoengineering our skies with stuff they spray in there, whatever they're putting in. But make sure in all of this that you're maintaining your good sleep. That's going to be essential to keep your immune system strong. Sleep right now is one of the number one things that's taking a casualty in all this stress. And you need to have things, good products to sleep on, like great sheets, like the Giza cotton sheets that are at MyPillow.com. Giza cotton sheets are so amazingly soft, and they're just super good for your sleep overall, as well as the MyPillow Classic, which is another great product. Those are all on sale along with many, many other products. The Giza cotton sheets are down as low as 60% off, and your MyPillow Classic is down as low as 1998 you have mattresses, mattress toppers, men's and women's sleepwear. You've got the six-piece towel set. You have all these things that are there for just making your sleep and your experience in the morning so much better. So head on over to MyPillow.com. Bards Nation has its own landing page. So it's MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. You can use your promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S, for some amazing savings. And they're at the same time while you're taking advantage of the great savings, you're also supporting a company that truly holds the values of what we want in America. A CEO that carries Christ in his heart, fights for liberty aggressively, a company that prays on everything they do. We had 300 companies like that. We wouldn't have the problem we do today. So head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Use your promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S. It's a great time to Get the pillows and sheets you need, extra pillows and sheets especially, because we've got a lot of stuff coming at us pretty quickly. If you are so inclined to speak to a person, you can call a Patriot Pillow Counselor at 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939. Use your promo code BARDS and they'll get you hooked up. I want to play a piece for you here. It's two minutes and 10 seconds. I think it has just a really good perspective to kick the evening off. Granted, this story's going to be a little bit longer than most people's attention span, but if you really want it, it's there for you. might make you happy. One time I was in this convenience store, and I always go out of my way to cheer people up in convenience stores because usually nobody's ever in a good mood in there, especially the workers. So I'm in there, and I'm starting to dance to a Cotton Eye Joe and stuff that was playing on the radio, and, you know, I kind of like waved it over to a customer, like, bring it in, come come give me a hug. And then the other person waiting in line turned it into a try hug. And, and, and all three of us were hugging. Well, before you know it, the gal behind the register come running around, made it a four-way hug. And when the hug got over, I looked over in the, the back of the room in that filling station, and there was an old man real old man, looking over like he kind of wanted a hug too. So I walked over to him, 
And I said, sir, is it all right if I give you a hug too? So like I said, he was real old. He was the kind of guy like if you didn't ask permission to hug him, he might whip you with his cane if he, if he did without permission. Um, and he nodded, yeah, like, you know, like, do it. So I come in and I, I gave him a hug. Man, this dude, this old man hugged me real tight. And in my ear, he whispered, I haven't had a hug since my wife died. I didn't ask him how long ago that was. But in that moment, you know, I realized that I might be giving this guy his last hug in life. You know, so don't ever hesitate to, to spread some love and spread some joy. Because secret times and sacred moments, maybe not for the absent mind. Have a wonderful day, dudes. Peace. Yeah, let's not forget about each other. And let's not forget about how important the little acts like that are. That was a really awesome story. And I love the fact that this guy's a dude, like a man's dude, not like some confused one. And he has the courage to give people hugs. We have a lot of confused ideas on what strength is. And strength in this, in this culture is some form of machoism and maybe wearing body armor. Might need to be pretty high speed with, with your M4. Strength is, in my way of strength, one is strength is being sincere with your emotions and most importantly, being solid with God. You have to lead first with Jesus. And when we do that, and we can do so with that strength, you can get a ferocity out of that in any way you want to go. And that's a lot of what we have to remember right now is that this world needs a lot of strength. And we need a lot of people that are solid with who they are, not wandering about. we got enough wandering going on. Speaking of wandering, Numbers 21, starting at 6, the section's titled The Bronze Serpent. I want you to listen to this and reflect on this as we are right now. And reflect on this as we have learned, in particular, that a lot of the injections are apparently deriving their spike proteins from venom. Now, hear these words. The Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many people of Israel died. So the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned because we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Intercede with the Lord that he will remove the serpents from us. And Moses interceded for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and put it on a flagpole, and it shall come about that everyone who is bitten and looks at it will live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a flagpole. And it came about that if a serpent bit someone and he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. This is a pretty amazing passage. 
And I think it's part of the clue of why there's been so much division, I guess one might say, so much explosive reaction to this revelations of Dr. Brian Artis this week. There has been, obviously, the first part, which has just been misconception, because the smallest part of his thesis was it was in the water, and that's the one thing that everybody's jumped on. I shouldn't say everybody, but too many people have jumped on because the marketing around that was ridiculous. Watch the water, when in fact it should have been something completely different, but that was done just to drive media hype. The real message, though, at the core of that starts to sound very biblical. And I'm pretty much convinced, I was talking to a good friend of mine today, uh, Pastor, and I was, we were back and forth a bit on this passage and on the, just to kind of double check what my, what I was seeing and what I was, how I was interpreting the event, the events. And we were in agreement on this, that a lot of the reasons that people are getting so agitated by this has to do in my opinion, with their position with Christ. Now, this is my opinion, so I'm going to be clear, but I, I want to walk you through this. One of the measures of truth is the reaction that comes when people discover it. That's good and bad. And the more, the higher the volume of reaction, you're usually closer to the truth. Because the subconscious and the deep part of us, like our soul and our spirit, know the truth. Our conscious is what blinds us. So when I look at a 45-minute at a documentary that was done on Stu Peter's show of Dr. Artis's work, which it wasn't nearly as well done as the Mike Adams three-part interviews because too many critical pieces that were edited out for the drama that was needed for the stoosh version of it. But nonetheless, that all put aside. The hard-hitting piece there was this, that people had been duped, and they had been duped to believe in what was essentially a flu, to seek a solution that wasn't through God, and they were duped because they were believers in fear, not God. And in so doing, they were led to have something injected in them, which was a serpent-based spike protein, which essentially was Satan putting the seed of the serpent within every person that accepted it. Now, up until this point, most of the narratives that have been put out here about COVID, even the dark projections by Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, which are have not been wrong. I just, what I'm saying is she's very real and very direct on those. And they're, they're heavy to accept. But within that, her answer has always been true, which has been that we don't know any way to undo this. And she frames it different ways. And scientifically, that's correct. What people, though, tend to do is when you hear we haven't, we don't have a way, they'll hear we can still find one. And so they trust that there's going to be a scientific solution to a problem that they created. In fact, I've had these conversations with Dr. Tempeni about what's the morality of just suddenly giving everybody a cure 
when there's no accountability for the decision they've made. And I've even talked about that here on the show. So with that, there's also this big surge, if you haven't noticed, of Nessera, Nessera, um, all bunch of new revelations coming that like it's, we're about ready to tear down the whole deep state. With that, there's this other piece that keeps popping up, med beds. These are all kind of very Nirvana-ish, not the band, the word, Nirvana-ish visions of the world in a time when things, people are dragging for hope. And they're not looking to hope through God. They're looking to hope through man-made things. God, by the way, doesn't need money. We know that. But that's the Nasera Jasera trap. So I believe that what has happened here is that part of this reaction that people have had, especially with those that have taken the injection, is suddenly they've had to confront something that's very deep. And it's what's stimulating a lot of the reactiveness to this work by Dr. Artis. And that is that I believe he's on to something very significant here, that the spike protein, which is developed from a venoms of snakes of their serpent is going in and rewriting the DNA so that essentially his final words, his kind of his final thesis in the shorter documentary was that it was the attempt to put Satan's seed, the seed of the serpent in people. I think that's absolutely correct. And what it's doing is it's rewriting the DNA, so that the DNA is now producing this sort of venomous toxin in the body, which keeps people perpetually sick and weakened. But it may go further. If you remember Dr. Larry Pilevsky's work, he has talked on this show a couple of times about the serpent brain or the lizard brain. And it's uh, how there's two brains when we grow up, and the cognitive part of our brains has to be stimulated, but people are working right now in their lizard brain, which is purely reactive. And we've seen changes in personality. So we have other things in these injections besides just the spike protein. We have the nanotech, the, the, uh, we have the lipid nanogel. We have all of the, these other graphene oxides and things that are growing in the body and are quite possibly, at least by the indications of Dr. Kerry Madej, they are rewriting the way people's Neurosystem is working. It's overlaying a, a neural net, network over the existing network, over your existing neural net. So it makes people able to be eventually linked up and conditioned to be a trackable transhuman. But in the real part of this, as they've culled out the weak, and we've seen the weak get culled out, those that have comorbidities, the elderly, the younger, whoever, they're dying off. All of those now that have been given the injection now have the seed of the serpent in them. That's essentially, in a very simple sense, Dr. Artis's thesis. Now, if you're a person who's believing in science and believing in even real science that you're going to be saved, this doesn't give you much hope, as it shouldn't. And so we come back to Numbers 21.6. 
The Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many of Israel died. So the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned because we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Intercede with the Lord that we will remove the serpents, that he will remove the serpents from us. And here's the thing. I think that from the very beginning, as we've talked about so much on this show, is that the answer has always been simply our trust in God and then to seek Christ for our healing. What's amazing about this story, about the bronze serpent, is that people were amassed. This is flat area, and this is tents, and it's hundreds of people, if not thousands. Actually, it's thousands. Tens of thousands, in fact. So where you are in the camp, you can't, not everybody can see that pole with the serpent, the flagpole with the serpent. In fact, you have to walk, it could be an hour or hours, plural, to get to that visual point of the flagpole with the fiery serpent in order for you to look at it, see it, and be healed. To look and to be healed. But to get there, you have to have faith. You have to have faith within you to walk that distance to survive the bite of the snake until you can look upon the flagpole of the fiery serpent. And so here, right here in this moment, by God's command, Moses put up a flagpole of the fiery serpent And people then that were bitten by these snakes, which God himself, the serpents that God let loose among the camp, could then walk towards that pole and look up and be healed. Now right now, where we're sitting, so many people are beginning to talk about God or faith, but we still don't have a lot of deep discussions on the intimacy with Father or the intimacy with Jesus because it's almost like, well, if I guess if I talk a little faith and read a little Bible, I'm going to be good. That's a very casual relationship to God. And it's not something that sticks hard and deep within us. I don't think it's any difficult, any more difficult than it's ever been that when we turn to Jesus and we ask for forgiveness and we seek that repentance that's needed, but truly, not just like I'm going to go through the act, do a little coin flipping, call it a day, do a quick dunk in the pool, and I'm out of here. This is something that takes a discipline to truly be in prayer until you feel a shift within you, to truly be there. And I believe that's what all this was all along. But I think that part of the reaction of what people are feeling right now, there's reaction to this concept of Dr. Artis and why it's become so divisive is because for many, the answer is the impossible, the too easy. It can't possibly be. It's never been science. It's always been God. But we know that. We know that. And we know that it's always been God. And it goes back to something that I said early on that not everybody liked, but it was the point that where we are right now is that we're looking at the aftermath of people having chosen 
salvation through a needle rather than salvation through the Lord. The entire issue here from the very beginning pivoted on one critical factor, fear. And if it wasn't fear, then it was the acceptance and worship of an idol. To trust another to tell you what to do and not to think for yourself. I didn't care that President Trump was telling me that he was going to take the injection. It made no difference to me. I didn't made no difference to me that President Trump said that he would persuade people to take it if they if they needed to. The answer was still no. My faith stood strongly with God, and that's the path that I would take. And that was it. I didn't need a man to tell me how to think. And in using logical thinking, I was definitely not going to be a person that would abide by just taking something because I was told I want to know what's in it. And that didn't take but about 10 minutes of research to discover that what was in it wasn't a good idea. And I wasn't going to be consumed with fear because there was no reason to be. We're walking with God. There is no fear. And that isn't to say that like, I can't encounter something that in my life that doesn't kind of shake me up once in a while. I'm sure there's some things out there. You know, like if a zombie came breaking through the door, I'd probably have a quick moment of like, <gasps> and then I'd shoot it in the head. But nonetheless, when this whole thing right now centers on so many people having to make a difficult choice, in my opinion. A difficult choice for them, but the easiest choice of all. In the metaphor, in this sense of look at the pole with the fiery serpent, it's very simple. Look to Jesus. And I, I don't care how you cut this. You can. It is still amazing that all of this came out this week leading up to Easter weekend. I just find that very interesting. And I'm sure somebody will say, yeah, it was it was engineered that way. They were doing is it a deep state coup. I've already read too many things today trying to suggest this whole thing was a deep state coup. And that's another reason I tend to believe that the truth sits right before us. That all of this is that simple. All of this it doesn't matter really who who does the, does it as we know God will use evil for good. The one thing that COVID and Corona has done this whole craziness is it's brought many people back to God. Many people seeking a relationship again with Jesus. Which is great. But that would be God using evil for good. And there's many many more that need to come this way. And I think it's going to be a hard walk for many because it's not the med bed. It's not cool. It's not cool like a med bed. It's not miraculous like a guy creating some sort of counter potion in the DNA lab that suddenly jumps out and they can say, we found the cure for everything. And it doesn't allow for a lot of researchers to take credit 
for the great research they did to discover the true origins of COVID and all of this. You know, the, the interesting part about this is we've run with this dumb Wuhan lab thing. And hear me out on this. We've, we've all been running with this Wuhan lab thing. And it was struck me today. I'm like, how dumb are we? Who gave us that story? Because that story didn't come from raw research. They gave it to us, which means it's not right anyway. I mean, that's the bottom line. It came from Wuhan. So they're doing this thing. So watch this. This is the good cop, bad cop. It came from Wuhan. No, it didn't. It came from Wuhan. No, it couldn't. We can't blame Wuhan. So what they've done is they've confirmed the fact that they've taken their lie, and then they deny their lie, and then everybody goes, well, it must be true because they're denying it. They gave us the story to begin with. I don't even know where this thing comes from other than the fact that Pentagon's money is probably all over it. But the whole thing about this is all along, it's been about the injection. That's how they're going to get it in you. And the reason is, and it doesn't matter whether you believe in the in this venom origin of the spike protein or whether you're going to listen to the ideas of Kerry Midday, I think it's a combination of all of them. I don't think it's one or the other. And I think when you start overlaying the research that has been done by this collective of doctors, which are all super smart people and all super high integrity, and you start taking what Ten, Dr. Tenpenny's done, Larry Pilevsky's done, Dr. Larry Pilevsky, Dr. Kerry Miday, Dr. Lee Merritt, Dr. Brian Artis, you put all these people together, you put their research together, and all of a sudden the whole picture starts to show real bright. And it all comes back to the same thing. They needed to inject it in you to change your DNA. It's to get the seed and change the very core of your programming. This is literally Satan trying to correct in his eye what he considers to be God's mistake. He's, he was, he's wanting to show God that he can do a better job. And unfortunately, he's got a whole bunch of volunteers Whole bunch of people out here that are saying, "Yeah, send me, please. Um, um, yeah, I'll take it. You want me? I is it is it free? Yeah, and you get a Krispy Kreme donut with it too. I'll be right on down there. Do you realize? Just think about this. God creates this miraculous. He's a miraculous people. His children. And as we wind this thing down in the critical moment of all of humanity, could you imagine being God sitting here looking down and going? You fool, you literally just accepted changing your DNA for a Krispy Kreme donut? It's, it's stunning. You know, it's, wow. Yes, I just saw this on the board. Someone wrote this. Hey, someone else, they were offering lap dances somewhere else. That's true. <laughs> this is all Satan's tricks. Deceiving. Deception. We we have become such easy hand puppets for deception. And why is that? And I think it goes back to the very principles of our faith. When I go back again to the bronze serpent, because when people were bitten and then they had to walk towards the fiery serpent on the flagpole, this was now a moment of life or death. And if you didn't see, if you weren't able to see that pole, you had to move to it. And remember, we're talking several hundred thousand people that have left Egypt. So this is not a small encampment we're talking about, right? 
And as they're walking, they're going to have to go through all these ways of walking, however it is, to get to the point where they can see it. So this would be kind of like any, it could be five miles, I don't know, until they can see that. Maybe it's a mile. Doesn't matter. It's a long walk. And it's a long walk knowing that you've got the venom of something in you. So what's going to sustain you? It's going to be your faith. Your faith, to, and that's what they should have had all along, but they didn't. It took that for them to have the faith to get there. And here we are again at a very critical time. And all it's going to take is faith to get through this, true faith, like intimate faith with Father. Turn to him. He'll guide you. Trust in Jesus. But that's a hard jump for some people. And yet it's the easiest thing to do, but it's the hardest thing to do because you have to let go and trust. How we're going to get there, I don't know, but I just find these events amazing in this time. When we look at, especially on this day, when we reflect back on what we, what we know is the history of, for Jesus and, and all that he went through, his arrest, to his tortures, and all the denials that went with that. I talked about this on Bended Knee today, and it is the part of this story that always sits very heavy on my heart. I know it's exciting to talk about the resurrection, and I, and I mean this, it is, but I don't like going there too quickly because I don't think we've accounted yet for all of the denial. And I ask myself over and over, what has, what would, what would cause that? Why would everybody deny him? Why would everybody turn on him? And I always come back to the same, same issues. One is fear. And one another would be idolatry to because they wanted to idolize or they were idolizing the those in charge, the Pharisees or the leadership, whoever that was, in that they were idolizing. So you have those two in play. And when you start to see these things come about, There was, at the other side of that, there really isn't, there wasn't a deep faith. Because if you had had a deep faith, truly a deep faith, you would have had no fear. And you could have easily stood up and stood with with Christ. I know the, I hear these, I have actually had these conversations where people say, well, that's not the way it was supposed to go. And it's like, it's not the way it went but it sure as heck reveals where people were, which is nobody had the strength in their faith and their trust in God to be able to stand up and do the right thing. So this becomes a recurring question for me. And I ask myself constantly, you know, would you make that same mistake? And I put that to God in my prayers. Would I make that same mistake? I would surely hope not. And again, we're here at this place with the bronze serpent. They didn't learn faith 
a lot of them didn't learn faith until they witnessed death and until they themselves were bitten and faced death, faced absolute certain death. But they at this time been given a choice. Our world has been bitten. We have been facing death. And we all have a choice to make. And I don't think any of us is excluded from the concept of the bite because I think it's bigger than just the fact that it's the injection and COVID. I think it's all of us having to really get deep into our true relationship with God. I've, I've been asking my digging in on this all day because I think it's a healthy question to challenge ourselves with. We assume many times because we pray, we, because we do certain things, we're like, we're good and we're comfortable. I don't think we should ever be comfortable in that relationship. I think we should always be seeking deeper connections and deeper relationships, deeper intimacy with Father. Because I think that's what's demanded. And really, the only way you're ever tested anyway, truly, is when you're put on that edge where you have to face an end of everything and you have to make a choice. Some people have, been, have had that put before them. Some people haven't. But the one thing this story tells and the one thing it tells us in with Christ's sacrifice is that when people are pushed to the edge, we see what they're really about. Now, the interesting part about this story with Bronze Serpent, people didn't seek that relationship with God. They went through an intermediary. They went through Moses. But with Christ's sacrifice, we don't have, we can go right through Christ to the Father. So will we? Do we? Two good questions. Because right now, there's a lot of people by the numbers that have died of the bite of the serpent, so to speak. And there's a lot of other people that have been bitten by their own free will, allowing the seed of the serpent to be put within them. And each one of us could make that mistake at any time. Each one of us could stumble and say, ah, I've had enough. And if we really want to play games with it, we could probably even feel the temptation of Satan drawing us in if we really wanted to let ourselves feel it. Because it's the easy route. It's the wide gate. But it's our faith that keeps us rock solid. It's our trust in God that keeps us rock solid, even when everything else seems to be falling apart. And yet all of this whole problem really comes down to people just turning to God and saying, forgive me. And being humbled before him and asking him to heal them. And that's not, it's not like that's going to be like a drive through window thing. It's a shift in your life to where you're truly transformed. I think that a lot of what we're facing right now is a real moment for the whole world. And it just come to this place where so much of this is clear through Scripture on this particular weekend is a real gift. I think we're really at a point where people have to make the decision if they're going to walk that path to put their eyes on the flagpole with the fiery serpent. If they're going to truly seek Father in that deep relationship or if they're not.
What we do know about this story, it's not said, but it's implied, is if you were bitten and you didn't walk the distance with faith in your heart, you would die. Because it had already happened. So this is where we are. I don't think it's any different than what it was in biblical times. It's a choice now for people to choose. And it's a profound choice and a beautiful choice if they make it because it's a choice to walk with Jesus, to truly put Christ within us, to be reborn. But if you don't, all bets are off. Because whatever that bite is, I don't think it's intended to do anything other than force us to the point of decision. Ultimately, it's the point of the valley of decision where we shall be judged. I know where I'm choosing. I know where I've chosen all along. And that's to walk with Jesus. And on this weekend in particular, on this day in particular, that's a beautiful, beautiful thing to think about. So as you head through the weekend, I would just encourage you to reflect on one thing. And to put yourself in the place of Peter, put yourself in the place of the disciples, and ask yourself if you would deny him. And I don't mean say it, don't ask it easily. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it as if it's a flippant comment in any way. There's a lot about ourselves we don't know. But I would put that to prayer and find out and seek what we would have done. I think it's one of the great parts of that story that is not reflected upon enough as a lesson and a reminder for us in these days. We have to have the strength to never deny him. Ever. No matter what the circumstances. And that's the one thing I take out of that story all the time is if there's any sort of place in our life where that might cause that denial. Whatever that is, we have to overcome it because the strength of what lies ahead is going to be built through our relationship with Christ and our our inability to never deny him, no matter how tough it gets. Because there's a storm coming. It's coming hard. It's going to be the great leveler. It will be the true equivalent of the fiery serpents and the need to walk a mile or five miles to see the serpent on the cross, the serpent on the flagpole. I think that great leveler is going to be food. And right now we're being given this amazing moment to dig in deep in a beautiful weekend to reflect deeply on that relationship with Christ to ask him to be part of us in a different way, in a deeper way than we've ever had, and to gain the strength that whether we have it or think we have it, to know with absolute certainty that we do have it because we're going to need it. And it's going to be essential not just for us, but our communities and in holding that light in times of darkness. Let's pray. Father, 
We truly pray this evening for strength, a type of strength that I don't know that any of us know if we have or don't have, but we do pray for the strength. It's that strength that's needed to never, ever waver, that strength that under any circumstance, that even in the most difficult of times, that rather than denying, we turn to Jesus and we ask for him. We ask for you, Father, even in the most difficult of times. These are things that are tests that we don't ask for, that aren't things that we seek out, but they're the parts of the times that we're in are going to demand so much of us as it is and already have. We're faced with a world that has been so compliant to evil. We're faced with a a world that has been so deceived by so many pulpits and wolves in sheep clothing. We need strength now, Father. And that strength could take many forms. We may have, we may be called by your calling to stand up and lead our communities where leadership wasn't part of our expectation. We may be called to sermon where we didn't expect to sermon at all. We may be called to heal where healing isn't something we're accustomed to doing. Father, but we know to do that, all those things, we're going to need strength a strength deep within us that can only come through our deep and intimate love with Jesus. Today and this weekend represents such a significant time to reflect upon not just the suffering that was done for us, but the question that still nags out there so often, why could no one stand with your son? Why could only he be denied? Forgive us, but now let us learn from it. Let us be empowered by this. Let us take that with us. This this shall never happen again, the true lesson in all of this. And now in the midst of this, as we're faced with a time of so much uncertainty between the shot and the genetic warfare and the, the looming potential famine, Let us just continue to keep our eyes on Christ, continue to walk that way, to have absolute trust and faith in you, to proceed as you've guided us, to be good stewards, to prepare as we must, but to do so with the heart of a cheerful giver, to know that our path here ahead will not be touched by the darkness and the blemish of all that's out here and trying to suck us down into the depths of evil. But instead we can walk with strength and never bow, never waver and never deny. Guide us and protect us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus name. Amen. It's really, when we think about the beautiful opportunity that God has given us, in spite of our misgivings, our sins were still washed away. But now it's time, and I'll speak from my heart. It's just speaking from my heart. I've never let that part of the story go because it's the part of it that each of us has an opportunity to relive and redo the right way, to never deny. 
no matter how extreme. And I don't think any of us could have expected in our life to arrive at a time such as this when the entire world as we know it is literally being brought down. Every institution that we know is collapsing. Every bit of trust that we had in the structures of men is starting to collapse. The towers of Babylon are falling. And so there will have to be a rising leadership. There will have to be a rising view of the world of people to take the reins in their communities to guide them, but not with ego, but only through the surrender in God to let God lead and we become his hands, his disciples. That wasn't on my bucket list, I'll tell you right now. But now, I think it sits at all of our feet. It's whether we choose to accept it and to do so with a humble heart and to do so with the strength to know that we will walk as Christ would have walked. We will suffer if need be what Christ would have suffered And through that walk, we will never deny or be denied. That's pretty powerful. Have a very blessed Good Friday evening. And I'll see you tomorrow. Remember, no bended knee tomorrow. I'm next, it's going to be a while because I'm doing some training um, to learning. I'm learning how to butcher animals. So I'm doing it every Saturday now. So I'll. Be here, though, tomorrow night for Fishers of Men as normal. So until tomorrow night, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into this fight. Just pray like crazy tonight. Have a good time. Invite Jesus into your home and your heart. Sit down and have a conversation. And tomorrow morning, have him pull up a chair. Just pray like crazy. (laughs) and enjoy it. It's a beautiful time to do it. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we're here in this time, in this place, for such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow night for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Have a blessed Good Friday. Thank you, and out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to level ground. Oh, I can see it now.
not found Reaching through somehow Oh, you're an island when the world is too loud When the seasons change I know the space between us will stay the same Resting on this faith When your soul answers calls far away